0: On this episode of First Lady and Friends, we have the audio from an interview I did at the One Utah Summit with Elder Jeffrey R. Holland and his wife, Pat. They were at the summit to receive an award, and they are talking about their experience growing up in southern Utah. That's where we connect. We both grew up in rural Utah. And the reason I was doing this interview at the summit, uh, I was actually a substitute for my husband. The governor was attending a funeral of one of our service members who had passed away. So I had the opportunity to have this conversation with the Hollands, and it was a lot of fun. So join us for the conversation. Let's get proximate. We are so excited to have Elder and, and Sister Holland here today. Um, we we share rural roots. Uh, we share the love of rural Utah, and um, and we we share the love of, of leadership and and those leadership principles. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And this is absolutely my honor uh, to be here with with you, um, Elder and Sister Holland today.
1: Thank you, Sister Cox. Thank you. It's our privilege. We're honored. We're surprised. We're stunned. We, uh, we didn't think anybody knew we were alive, and here you are uh, honoring us. Thank you, and thank, thank you for that wonderful, warm reception. We, we know you're alive, <laughs>
0: and, and we feel your, your leadership in the state, so we really appreciate it. Let's talk about this uh, growing up in rural Utah. Talk to us about your parents and, and your family and, and, and how, they, how they ended up here.
1: How much time have you got? My my uh, my mother is a pi- she's a pioneer stock. My great uh, great grandfather was the settling uh, citizen of, of Saint George. Robert Gardner led the little camp uh, that uh, that settled in in Saint George. So she goes way back. Uh, her roots are permanent here my dad was a CCC boy. does anybody out there know what the CCCs where are you some of you I see a few hands. My dad was a CCC boy who came during the depression and uh, was uh, the quartermaster for the for the parks he, uh, he served uh, Zion Canyon and Bryce and, uh, and they were stationed in Leeds had a little camp in Leeds if any of you remember that and he went to pay the telephone bill. Uh, in St. George as the quartermaster he was the bill payer and my mother was the telephone operator and there it was love at first sight right over the telephone uh, wires so uh, he just stayed he stayed and, and uh, southern Utah became his home and, and was permanently uh, my mother's home Pat's uh, ties are all in southern Utah and she was born in Cedar City I want that known to the Cedar City people uh, Sometimes, the, the, the at least at the high school and college level, athletically, there was a little tension between St. George and Cedar. So I want every advantage I can get being in, in Cedar. It wasn't always a friendly experience here. Uh, and so uh, Pat was a southern Utah girl uh, through and through. Still is.
0: Well, we, we understand rivalries in rural Utah. We have our North San Pete manti you, you rivalry. Do, you do. And, uh, and, and we... we just, just for the record, North Sanpete beat Mantay at homecoming last week, so we'll just put that out there. So we, we understand that it runs deep. But tell us more about um, your your courtship. You you met here um, as as high school
2: sweethearts Oops. as well.
1: You tell the courtship story. honey. mean,
2: um, we were. I was I think nine years old, and he might have been ten. He was the poster child for polio. Picture. And came to my father's store, and this picture hung in the store, and I thought it was the cutest little boy I'd ever seen. <laughs> and uh, but then we didn't start dating until I was 16 or 17, and he was 18, and so we we're high school sweethearts. Again, we have a yeah. similar story. Yeah. Spencer and I were
0: yeah. were in high school um, and and dated. Well, we we were high school sweethearts as well, which is which is really fun to grow up together.
1: Yeah. It was a convoluted courtship. We uh, uh, started in high school and then into college, and I went on a mission and just got home one month, and she left for New York to study music, and and it uh, it took us six years to get together, mostly by uh, Telephone and uh, and letters, but we made it after, uh, the after all of that. Letters were you know.
2: wonderful, and I that that's when I truly fell in love with him. He wrote such beautiful <laughs> letters. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful,
0: it is a good way to meet, to get to know somebody better. Spencer and I did it for two years as well while he was in in Mexico. Um, so let's talk about your your parents. Obviously, were really influential in your life. Is there? Some, you know, when we talk about um, successful people, we can usually point to that one caring adult that really took an interest, or is there somebody in your life that really made a difference for you?
1: Well, it would have to be uh, my parents and and Pat's parents. uh, Both of our fathers were hard, hard workers. Both of them, uh, I think, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Uh, Pat's dad had a a junior college education, came to Dixie, but my dad had uh, only a high school education. Uh, one of the ironies, and I say that uh, really as a compliment to this audience uh, and to this state and to America, that in one generation, my dad who had a seventh grade education could have a son who presided over a university of uh, 30,000 students or so, uh, In uh, I, I think only only in America and maybe only in Utah could that happen. The Utah <laughs> way, yeah. So, uh, so they were hard workers. They just they grew up working hard. That's what they knew. And I'd have to say that uh, our our fathers, um, and and for me personally, uh, because I came very close to that da- Pat's dad as uh, as we were dating and then married, that they set a magnificent example for us to just. Uh, by the sweat of your brow you can do a lot that uh, people probably had not anticipated that they had not anticipated but they did and um, told us we could do it and we did
0: amazing um and 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 speaking of that those those values that you instill. what are some other values that you feel like you learned uniquely from rural utah
1: well uh when uh that's, a, that's an interesting question, uh, Sister Cox, that the, when uh, Robert Frost was invited by Jack Kennedy to read poetry, do you remember, uh, any of you remember that one, he was inaugurated, um, he read a, a poem called uh, The Gift Outright, was the title of the poem that uh, Frost read, and it was about the land, it was about uh, uh, sort of, in that case, rural New England for him, but it would be rural Utah, for us, uh, and he said uh, that uh, bef- before there was before we were the land, the land was ours. And and I I can't um, talk about my childhood. I can't talk about our youthful experiences without thinking of it in the context of these colors and this country, and uh, whether it's uh, cedar breaks or Kolob or or zion canyon or snow canyon or whatever we we have a luxury here uh, that you know the rest of the world would envy we take it for granted i guess probably grew up taking it for granted but now that we've been away uh, wherever we've gone around the world and and back uh, and and don't live in southern utah anymore it's still it's still the pull of the of the land the colors i have those paintings in my office and in our home uh, we have a lot of reds and blues and pinks, and uh, and and in the middle of it, uh, Pine Valley Mountain. So uh, it's it's uh, uh, um, impossible for me to not feel a, a, a link. Something like I think Frost must have been getting at with his poem, um, that we're whatever our, ad- our identity is, it's uh, inseparable. I think with almost the geology uh, and terrain. That we have enjoyed uh, in this land in, in fact, may I read a quote Absolutely. just uh, just because it's uh something that i've used this is partly p pratt unless lest we seem too proud in uh in uh, Washington county. this is partly P pratt 's view uh, from somewhere between uh the the black ridge and 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 uh, tokerville. They were coming down the ridge, and uh, this is what he said he saw. The country southward opened to our view, as it were, a wide expanse of chaotic matter, huge hills, sandy deserts, cheerless, grassless, waterless plains, perpendicular rocks, loose barren clay, dissolving beds, of sandstone and various other elements, lying in inconceivable confusion, in short, a country in ruins, dissolved by the pelting of the storm of ages, and it was turned inside out, upside down, by terrible convulsions of a former age. Well, welcome to St. George, you know. (laughs) But uh, the ruggedness of the country, as rugged as it was, is still part of the beauty
0: and I think the ruggedness of the people matched. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Them.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, can I tell a joke? Can I tell? Will I be run out if I say <laughs> that? I, th- it, I think this this uh, group will, okay. will go I for it. Just make sure that my security guy is somewhere near the front here, because we used to have a sign. We used to say that there was a sign that right at right at the Iron County line that said. This way to St. George. Uh, and those that could read went on, and those that, who couldn't stay. <laughs> please, We, we please. tell the same hold, joke. Hold, hold your applause. We Is tell it? the same joke from
0: Sampe <laughs> <Pete> to Emory <laughs> County. So sorry, as, Mike Mauer. As,
1: as long as it's shared. As long as it's shared somewhere else.
0: I think uh, the, the people in rural Utah are, are unique um, because they have had to be tough and rugged and those are values that, those values of hard work let's let's shift a little bit to to leadership um obviously you've 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 been a leader for probably your entire life um what from your experiences here in rural utah and and in in southern utah prepared you for, for leadership
1: well i think you've you've hinted at that uh, in your earlier comments um that it, it was almost the ruggedness of the country. If it wasn't literal, if, if we didn't actually go out and you know grub weeds and, and sagebrush, uh, nevertheless, there was something symbolic. I think about the ruggedness of of the land, and that would apply to so many of the of the counties that we're talking about, uh, really all over the state. Um, that uh, I, I think we. The the message was uh, here are the raw ingredients you know here uh, here is matter unorganized and you're supposed to do something with it and uh, I think that was uh, again maybe maybe it was more symbolic than literal but it was to make something out of out of nothing uh, and that meant hard work that meant uh, no free passes uh, uh, the, wh- whatever you got you earned. Uh, and whether that was how you studied in going to school, or the, or the honest days work you gave for an honest days pay uh, at the local store where you were working, whatever, those uh, seem to me to be leadership qualities uh, that uh, that that mattered later on. Certainly, um, the uh, I, I have to say that we enjoy a, we did enjoy in those pioneer days and, and do still. Uh, a religious climate in this state that I think is precious and special you'd you'd expect me to say that Uh, but it's true Uh, and uh, so we grew up with those values and that meant I think how you treated people honesty um, integrity uh, the the Christian virtues uh, the moral virtues uh, that we did enjoy and do enjoy in this state i, I, I shouldn 't say past tense it 's it 's present tense, and these people out here represent uh, all of that, so uh, at its heart leadership is is how you treat people that that is the essence of any leadership position, whether it 's political or economic or civic or educational or religious, whatever uh, it comes down to um, the, the the courtesy and kindness and thoughtfulness that you use in uh, working with the people assigned to you or, or whatever your whatever group you're leading and that was just in the air that was we do we grew up with that we watched it in wards and stakes and bishoprics and deacons quorums and young women's classes and uh, you just uh, that gets to be a little religious but it's that's my, our experience so that's that's what made us in great measure what we are
0: so many people look up to you and and so many people to to the both of you and your families and and I've learned a lot over the years about mentorship and and how important that is if you were to give us some advice here today what what did you wish you had known um when you started before you started your career
1: uh, again great question uh I, I guess almost more than what I wish I had known this this is a this is a kind of a mentoring response. I guess what I wish I had more than known would would have been what I would have been able to do. I wish uh people might have trusted me even even as a young person even as a teenager say um, or or on into early uh, early uh, college years that uh, my leaders, my uh, my bosses, whether that was the people I worked for or a leader in the church or an educational institution, that they might have let me do more. I think the hands-on experience... We, un- we underestimate a young person's ability and we overestimate their experience. And so what we need to do as leaders is let them benefit from our experience but let them exercise their ability and their instincts. And I think if, if anything, if I had it all to do over again, I'd have been more conscious of that as a leader in my own life. I'd have, uh, I'd have let people make a few more mistakes. I'd have, because uh, people certainly were willing to let me make mistakes. And uh, I'd give, I'd give the, the young person coming up, uh, young men, young women uh, on their own trail coming up uh, to leadership I think I'd have tried to allow them to do more I'd, I'd, I wish I had done that and I kind of wish people had let me do that it's just a kind of a leadership tip
0: I love that, that's amazing amazing for the, those of us who who work and mentor um, young people, it, work with and mentor young people, it's, I think that's great and wonderful advice I've been talking in my work a lot about empathy and vulnerability. Let's talk a little bit about those traits and and how you think they play a role in leadership.
1: Pat ought to comment on that because she is so empathetic and and so good that way her her heart is is uh, and I'll let her comment as she wants to in a moment but to I just make the bridge to what I maybe what I just said um, that we don't do well until we see it from his or her point of view. The, if it's the young person you're mentoring that's, try to see it the way they see it. If it's a peer who is a little argumentative and <laughs> a little hard to get along try to, try to see it the way he or she sees it. Uh, uh, that's uh, I think the only way we really make headway is get out of our own boots uh, get out of our own seat try to move across the room and be in their shoes. And uh, uh, what we, that isn't necessarily compromise. I think it's understanding. I don't think anybody has to compromise a principle, but we might uh, we might be more patient. We might be more long-suffering. We might call on those Christian virtues we just talked about to allow us to uh, uh, see it from another person's point of view uh be empathetic. Be a little vulnerable, uh, and uh, what that means is, I think part of vulnerability is to not insist on your own way, not not uh, not stay in your safe zone uh, where you're quite secure and sure you've got this all figured out. Uh, be a little vulnerable and uh, toss it to the other person and listen and uh, and learn. And uh, there is there's a humility in that, uh, but. Uh, uh, a contemporary word for it I think would be vulnerability any thoughts on that huh?
2: I'll speak about my husband I think he, he learned his vulnerability learned how to be vulnerable and also empathetic from his mother she was um, just a wonderful teacher and she allowed him to do a lot more than he remembers yeah. <laughs> but he learned so much from her she empathized with everybody in saint george and she knew everyone at that point point. and um she passed it on to jeff who loves everybody unconditionally and i don't think he could do that without empathy and allow- allowing himself to be vulnerable he related to every age children to adults, is remarkable. That's incredible, and I think
0: um, you know I've talked many times about the empathy crisis we're seeing in our country. Um, we're not, we're not looking out. We're not trying to get to know somebody that has a different story than we do. So I love right. that about moving across the room and finding finding a way to connect with somebody that's different from you. Um, so, this probably wasn 't a question you were prepared for, but I, as we close here, um, I would love for each of you to talk about uh, many of us you know are, are struggling with with coming out of the pandemic how do we how do we um, navigate through this? Most of us had unexpected children back home <laughs> ones that had left and and we had some challenges we 've had work challenges um, I guess the question is how? How do you think? What's your advice um, for for families today navigating this incredibly difficult time in our in our world history?
1: Basically, do you want to start?
2: I would say just I would I would like to say just don't approach the coming in and out of COVID in fear. There is so much that we learn. In situations like that, and if we focus on the positive part, there were a lot of positives to the COVID experience, and there I think we learn empathy for those who were sick, and uh, it was just that's the way I feel. Yeah, I love that
0: because um, I I heard a quote that said if you come in if you leave the pandemic as you came in you're doing it wrong so uh, if, we, if we haven't learned then we've, we've probably done it wrong uh,
1: I think uh, I, again I, I can't uh, get away from the fact that I'm an officer in, in, in uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and we have a worldwide organization and operation and it was a pretty challenging issue for us to have um, um 60,000, 70,000 missionaries out, and some of them had to come home, and some of them didn't. We have missionaries out now who've been out three years and still cannot get home. They cannot return to their country uh, because of uh, local barriers, uh, and uh, that's uh, that's kind of a uh, a challenging experience that some missionaries some nineteen year old didn 't think about or eighteen year old when they went and and their parents didn 't think about when they sent them so we we 've had to juggle a lot we uh, we had to learn how to uh, have uh, state conferences uh, by zoom and uh, to to uh, tour missions and and handle humanitarian service and welfare relief without being face to face all the issues that you know we we had to work with institutionally but we've learned a lot I think that's uh, part of what Pat is saying is uh, and and what you are su- suggesting that if we haven't learned something um, we've been pretty dull we've been uh, uh, pretty uh, insensitive because every cloud has a silver lining and this has had some uh, we wouldn't have chosen none of us would have chosen to have the tragedy of the deaths and the other things that we've experienced but uh, it is what it is and so uh, we learn what we can learn and uh, we're going to do some things differently in the future speaking for the church and some of those institutional things apply here whether it's corporate or educational or um, uh, governmental um, we're going to do some of our meetings we're going to continue to hold by zoom uh, and of course there's no substitute for face-to-face experiences uh, either, and we'll we'll do that. But we're going to come out with a, a hybrid of some things, and we'll be better. Uh, I talk about these missionaries that were frustrated. Uh, for a while, they didn't know what to do and kind of locked in their apartments, and then they learned uh, how to use technology. They learned how to use Facebook and Instagram and have uh, their uh, member neighbors uh, assist them. And uh, so we'll probably do missionary work differently than we have ever done it. Uh, because of what we were forced uh, to learn. so uh, we'll be'll uh, we'll be, we'll be blessed uh, and this audience will be blessed. They'll find their businesses and their their uh, operations, their uh, schools, uh, all the things that they represent we'll We'll be doing some things better in in all of those uh, worlds because of this. Uh, not that we'd have chosen it, but we can benefit from it.
0: Absolutely, I think that's that's perfect. Uh, I had two missionaries that are that were impacted. I had one that came home and was home for four months before being reassigned, and I have currently one in uh, in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, yeah. who's trying to get to Brazil. We, so we've,
1: we've had the same experience. We had a. We had a South Korean who came home and is currently in uh, Independence, Missouri, and a a granddaughter waiting to go to Brisbane, Australia, and she's in Bakersfield, California. So welcome to the church. Uh, Welcome. uh, (laughs) And welcome uh, to the pandemic. (laughs) Welcome to the pandemic.
0: (laughs) We are going to adjust, and we're going to keep adjusting, and we're going to keep pivoting, and we're going to keep trying to be empathetic to somebody's story. So thank you for your leadership in the state. Thank you for your example um, and thank you for being uh, part of our, our summit here
2: today.
1: We're honored in every way, every conceivable and, way. And thank you
2: for all you do for the state. Yeah, yeah. We are so blessed to have such a remarkable couple leading our state.
1: We are indeed. We are indeed. I, The audience knows where the governor is. We had a good visit. I had a visit with the governor yesterday. So courteous. So, he, had, he was a busy man. He took the time to, to be on Zoom. Uh, take advantage of modern technology to to say that he wouldn't be here today. We had a good visit, but uh, we are, in that spirit, very, very proud of both of you and uh, grateful for your leadership.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you.